0: I have on board um, the managing partner of Ilbridge Consulting. She's a business consultant, you know, uh, focusing on helping SMEs to grow, you know, and then to scale up, right? Um, She has an MBA, I mean, greatly, you know, experience. And then she has a lot of uh, proven, you know, um, works to show for this, right? So we are talking about how to position our businesses. Uh, you know, put in the right structures, you know, do the right things ahead of 2023. For me, 2023 has begun already. It's just about the calendar. You know, it's it's already here. So what are the things that, um, you know, business owners, you know, CEOs should focus on come 2023? But before we do that, I know something powerful is happening in December. I want to quickly talk about that first. That is the SME uh, business kitchen. I kitchen. Growth, growth kitchen. kitchen, kitchen. (laughs) So I want you to start with that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh nice.
0: (laughs) Oh nice. All right. So I want you to start with that, please, so that people will know what's happening, and then we now go straight to the to the topic. So I'll mute my mic right now. I'll just nod. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay.
1: So first of all, Taya, thank you so much for having me. Um I'm glad that we're doing this. Every opportunity to, you know, speak something to someone, remind someone of something is always, um, it's always a good one. And I don't take it for granted. So thank you. Uh, What's happening in December is the SME Growth Kitchen. So it's it's a year-long program, actually, designed for, Business owners, you know, small scale entrepreneurs who are serious about growth, <laughs> who are serious about business growth. So it kicks off with a two day um, workshop. It's virtual. We're going to have three facilitators and six different um, modules will be handled across the two days. So the idea behind that whole thing is for us to pause, look at what we've done this year. What we need to do better going into next year and then kind of plan out the the path that we want to take. You know, what are we going to do? What are we not going to do? And, you know, all that good stuff. So you set your goals, you um, determine the strategy, you create an action plan per quarter um, that happens across the two-day workshop, and then eventually we'll get into a support community where we'll keep, you know, coaching and supporting ourselves as we execute on the plans that we set during the two days. So that's what it is. Um, Doors open November 20th. We're really excited. So the program itself is for 150000 only for the entire year. Uh, but for those who are on the wait list and who take advantage within the first 20, they're at a ridiculous 80K. So um, again, we know it's designed for small businesses. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to that excitedly. And as you can see on my shirt, I don't know if it's upside down or what, but it says focus on the strategy. So all this while, what we do is just focus on the goal. And a lot of times, we miss those goals. So this time around, we're focusing on the strategy. Uh, so that's about uh, SGK, uh, SME Group Kitchen. Now, to your question. We, it's a really, really, really good question. Um, you know, you could ask 100 coaches or consultants, or experts right now. What do you need to do to grow your business? And you're going to hear like a bazillion answers from them. And I, I think that each one has its role to play. But for businesses who are in our space, there are a couple things that I am prioritizing or I'm encouraging my clients to prioritize as we head into 2023. Uh, The number one thing (laughs) is the mindset with which you're running this business, right? The mindset with which you are running your business. Oftentimes, we approach business with a defeatist mindset already. In fact, at at the time, you're you're setting a goal. You're telling yourself, can I really achieve this goal? You know, so going into it, you're already not sure of um your ability to do the things that you said you want to do and so it's going to be important that we take charge of what's happening between our ears and really start to own the success we want you know because whatever success we want it's going to take a couple things for us to achieve it the results that we want it's a destination You know, and for you to reach that destination, there has to be some inputs, there has to be some outputs. Um, You need to know where you're going, you need to know how to get there, you need to know what it would require of you because sometimes it would require sacrifices, sometimes it would require investments. All right, but taking charge with the mind, I think, is going to be the first step where everyone is clearly saying, I want to grow. And I know it's going to demand a lot from me. Now, how do we go about it? That's the first, right? Um, The next thing I think is going to be really important for businesses that we head into next year is their internal customers. And of course, by that, I mean your employees, the staff that help you deliver on your mission. Your business exists to do something and you cannot do it alone, right? A lot of times you have either full-time staff or people that you have on a contract basis that you delegate things to. It's going to be very important for everyone to be on the same page. Now, I've worked with um, MSMEs for strictly MSMEs for upwards of eight years now. And I can tell you that a lot of times the business owner has an idea of what they want to achieve. They, they have those goals. You know, they know how they want things to turn out, but they don't cascade it to their people. And so their, their employees are not as clear about where they're going and how to get there. Many times they are working with common sense. You know, I hired you to do a job, you do it. That's the approach that many small business owners have. And that approach will not cut it next year. It will not it won't. Everyone needs to be aligned. And this, of course, is on the business owner. It means that you need to be very clear about how you want to achieve the goal. So you've said you want to expand um, your business. You've said you want to scale. You've said you want to put some structure in place. You have said you want to build out a management team. You've said you want to go on a vacation. You've said you want to triple your income. You've said you want to, you know, finally move into your, your uh, permanent office or permanent space. Whatever those goals are, the how needs to be very clear. It's not enough to set goals. You see this? Focus on the strategy. What is the strategy to achieve those goals? And then when you get clear on the strategy, you need to pass it on to your people such that if I walk into your company and ask five random people, what are the goals for this company for 2023? how do we intend to achieve those goals? They should be able to tell me. They should be able to tell me the same thing and not different people using their common sense to, you know, share what they think the goal is and how they're going to achieve it, okay? So it's going to be really important that we, we carry our people along and that we build a culture that aligns with the goals we want to achieve, So the same way you pick an individual who tells you I have a goal to, um, you know, climb Mount Everest. (laughs) That's my goal. But then they don't walk. They don't work out. They they just sit and watch Netflix all week long, all weekend long. The activities are not aligned with the goals, you know, or you say you want to lose weight. And all day you're eating bread and puff puff and, you know, all sorts of things, yet you want, it's not aligned. So in the same way, you need to have a culture within that company that matches the goals you've set. If you've said, one of said, my goals, one of my goals, what,
0: what
1: just happened? What just happened? I don't know. Suddenly I'm hearing Suddenly myself. Suddenly I'm hearing myself. Oh, no. This, oh, no. Okay, I think it has stopped. All right. So <laughs> I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure what happened there. But uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying, Tayo? Tayo, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I think you were talking about
0: um, somebody trying to lose weight and you're not ready to pay the sacrifice, something like that.
1: Yes. So it it has to be aligned. If you're saying you want a customer retention ratio of 80% and yet your customer service is really poor, the experience that customers have, you know, they come into your shop and they're sweating, um, people don't greet them, you don't follow up, you know, you delay their deliveries. How are you going to get a retention of 80%? So you need to ensure that your people understand what it will take to achieve those goals and that they are also delivering on those everyday activities, those little things that add up. All right. Um, So that's, that's for internal employees or internal customers. The other part is external customers. So with with customers you know there are a lot of us who want more customers sometimes we want um a certain type of customers maybe we want to start working with more of our ideal customers so the question to ask here is do i really understand what their fears and concerns have been about working with me so in some cases they know you right but they're not working with you in some cases they don't even know you exist um, so how do I intend to address these different categories of people? How do I intend to pass on a message that immediately makes them say, I want to work with this person, right? So I I, I just rounded up um, a strategy session with a client like, literally 20 minutes before this call, and this client had said, you know, um, someone mentioned, had mentioned my name at some point, but then she's gone to check different people out, different consultants she was considering working with. But just spending time consuming some of the content that we had put out, she's like, you know what, I'm going to work with her but let me have a call first and be sure what exactly it entails. Even though she was ready to just, you know, make the payment using the link that she found. So there's something about how you position yourself via your message, via your content that can attract the right people to you. And so everybody needs to start asking themselves, really, if my ideal client comes across, you know, whether it's my page now, could be on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever, Will they be motivated to work with me? Will they understand why they should go with me and not everyone else or anyone else? You know, what message? Am I very clear about the message that I'm passing across? And you know, in this area, the interesting thing is I think there's room for improvement for anyone, for everyone, including yours truly. You know, there's always room for improvement with us learning how to get crystal clear on who we help, how we help them, and why they should choose us. I hope I'm not going too fast, am I? Guys, for those of you who are watching live, am I going too fast? Please tap the hearts if it's okay, and if it's not, just type in slow down. (laughs) Because my mom complains that I I go too fast sometimes. So please um, keep me accountable, okay? So now we've talked about the mindset, we've talked about your employees or you know, your staff, we've talked about customers, and I want us to talk next about the processes, right? So as interesting and exciting as it can be to talk about growth, growth comes with certain headaches and pains, if there are things within the organization right now that customers are complaining about, things that are stressing you out or causing you to burn out, growth will multiply those things. All right. And so it's going to be important for um, in positioning yourself for growth next year. It's going to be very, very important that you start to look at the different processes, the key processes. You cannot address all at the same time. But what are the key processes that matter? Is it your sales process? Is it your production? Right? Um, I I, I have some clients who are just fanatical about uh, reducing inefficiencies and wastages in their businesses. And I love it. Right, so it could be in your production, it could be in your administration, it could be your leadership process, it could be around how you manage your people. It could be that you have good people, but you're such a terrible manager that everyone cannot wait to leave you because you don't add value, you're constantly shouting, you don't give constructive feedback. It could be around you, right? It could be around your, your process of hiring. Maybe you really just have one conversation and, and, you know, tell the person you're hired and you keep getting the wrong people. So is it time to, to look again at your hiring process and be sure that you're getting the right people on board? It could be around fulfillment of orders where each time, you know, like 40 to 60% of your orders, depending on the month, there's a mistake. Someone orders 10 kg of meat, you send them 9 kg. You know, someone makes an order for a green dress, you send them, you know, a purple dress. Those types of mistakes and errors that continue to eat at your profit and upset your customers. So there are so many different areas. It could be how your social media is run. It could be, you know, do you really have strategy around your social media, around, you know, building your brand, around pick your battle. (laughs) but you need to ask yourself the question what are the key things that contribute to success for me in this business and then of those key things which ones do we need to optimize the process where do we need to improve that might lead you to say you know do we need to hire some people do we need to you know deploy some type of technology do we need to you know you just ask great questions that help you position better all right um, and, you know, I, I kind of touched on that a little bit, but I'm now going to say my last point for just this section, which is tech. I think it's important that everyone needs to use more technology than they used this year. So in 2023, you need to up the amount of technology that you're using in your business, whether it's for customer relations, whether it's for inventory management, whether it's for, um, you know, uh, bookkeeping or record keeping, whether it's for tracking certain things. Duh. I know. Mistakes eat your profit and send off your clients. Yes, they do. <laughs> at least when they happen time and time again. Right? So it could be in in you know different areas. Again, it would be different for different businesses. And this is why um at at the 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 workshops that I hold it's in a little more t- there's an opportunity to address each person's each person's concerns but you need to look at how can we use technology better one quick way to look at this is look at some of your biggest or most admired competitors whether in the local space or global space how are they using tech you know, and how can I incorporate it more? It could be small things that just make a world of difference. I'll give you an example of a small thing. So prior to now, the way we work is you book, um, you book out a a call, right? And then you would receive, um, so this was a few years back when, in fact, let me take you more years back. For you to have a discovery call, of course, most consultations and um, consulting engagements start with some type of conversation. So for you to have that conversation in the beginning, it will be, okay, so I sent you an email or we're chatting and I say, what time will work for you? You know, would it be Thursday or would it be, you know, Friday, Thursday at 10 or Friday at 5? You know, that kind of thing. And then we would agree and then I'll go, um send you maybe a meeting link or something and then we graduated to the point where you book a meeting and then there was one link that would be sent to everybody not customized and then now this year we implemented something really exciting that as little as it is clients love it so you book out a an exploratory call with me the minute you book it out it automatically generates a zoom link for that meeting with your name Right? And it's a really small thing, but all I need to do is just log into Zoom at the time. And of course it, it sets it with the reminders in my calendar. And so I just show up and I have the call with the with the meeting. When we're done, you know, I'm either sending you the recording or something. So sometimes it's little things that make your life easier or make your um your customer or your clients have a more pleasurable experience working with you. Sometimes it's how your able to track or let them know that you know how Amazon does, depending on your size, you may not be able to do that but is there a way to use tech to improve what we're doing and if there is, you need to start looking at which ones to implement so I'll stop here and then have you guys just throw out the questions at me so that I can answer as many as possible, yeah
0: Thank you so much I don't know, can you hear me and I hope That's no, there's no echo. Okay, thank you. For whatsoever reason, I think maybe it's Instagram or something. I I can't see any, you know, comments. I can't see anything anymore from my end. But I can see you and I can hear you clearly. So <laughs> probably you'll be able to help me in case if there's any question. But before we take questions from every other person, because I don't want this to be so long, max maybe 30-35 minutes. I think we've done 22 minutes already, you know, because I understand that it's been a long day, and I know if people want more, the best thing is to go and pay for a session, you know, to send you a DM, or better still they should uh you know uh, sign up for the sme business kitchen to get you know um you know full full uh, value as it were so I-, I wanted to talk about you know for people that are starting out and then there's this talk about pricing You know, oh, pricing, pricing. Um, My competitor, this person is charging less. Someone is charging higher and things like that. So I wanted you to talk about that, you know, about pricing. What do you think? How best should you price your value, your solutions, your products or your services come 2023? I'll use my
1: mic. So that's an interesting question. And as the consultant that I am, I'm going to give you the typical consultant answer, which is it depends. Uh, (laughs) So some businesses are in for volumes, right? They want volumes, depending on what you do or you want your customers coming back like literally every day, every week. People like that will price differently from those who want to maximize profits, okay? So in one case, you want to maximize your turnover, or your revenue. In another case, you want to maximize your profit. In another case, you really want to just be known as Somebody in a class of your own, in which case it's not even about pricing or it's just about who I want to work with, right? So you need to know this for yourself and decide which way do I want to go. But for those who are starting out, I think they should not be too much in a hurry to turn a profit, right? Especially if you are in a business that, in fact, especially every business, let's not let's not even demarcate. If you're just starting out, do not prioritize profit. Try, prioritize building relationships. Prioritize giving more value than what the customer has paid for. That is not to say don't cover your costs. That's not what I'm saying. Ensure that your costs are covered, whether it's the um, cost of goods sold or the cost of you know, um, other, other uh, things that make your business work, internet, transport, all of those fancy things. Make sure that you are not selling at a loss. However, if it's a new business, please feel free to go with a market penetration strategy where you cut down on your prices just so you can attract more people and have them feel like this is a bugging. You know, have them feel like... They are cheating you, almost like that. And then as you get people in and are able to build relationships and build that trust in the sense that your goods are quality goods, your services are top-notch, you can then start to adjust as time goes on. That is for businesses who are starting, right? This may not be right for every single person, but generally speaking, sometimes it works. If, however you have, you know, maybe in your career, you've built a a really, really special brand and you've got exceptional knowledge, exceptional expertise, feel free to charge according to what you want to earn. (laughs) Right? This is the other end of the spectrum where it might be your first time of starting a business. So assume that um, the, the, um, say, the CEO or MD of a large organization like Airtel suddenly wants to leave and start his own maybe consulting practice, right? Because you've got a lot of expertise, you've got the right network, feel free to charge as much as you can because people know that there's value in associating with you and they're going to recoup what it is. So you don't need to have a market penetration strategy. That's the other end of it. Now, somewhere in the middle are people who have... um, you know, gotten some experience, some exposure, built their expertise over time, but are struggling to raise prices. I would say look around the market, everything has gone up, right? Everything has gone up. So adjust according to what the market, um, the, the reality is, what the market is saying. I'll give you an example with us at Hillbridge. This year our prices went up because last year. Salaries were increased twice this year. Salaries have been increased, so there's no way it has to match up with the market. And you know the interesting thing: as we raised prices, we started working with more of our ideal clients. Already, Tayo, you know this. You've been in my, <laughs> you know, you've been my person for years, and you know that I, I don't necessarily sound like everyone else in. You know, on this app, I don't necessarily sound like them. So already, um, it, it's not by design. It's just what it is that it's almost like I talk over a lot of people's heads. Many people don't feel like they can relate with me. So that already helps with sieving out on serious people. But even amongst those who are should I, should I not, should I, should I not, the moment our prizes got raised to the level they are right now, We started getting the people who are... I was talking to a client, um, was that not yesterday? And the client said, you know, you just feel like a soulmate type of client. Like there's this relationship and the person feels like they're your soulmate. There's, There's just this great alignment, great energy, great camaraderie. All of those things can start to happen when you align your prices with the value you know you bring, right? So I don't think it's exactly about the Naira and Kobo. And I know I'm speaking pretty generically, even though I've given three scenarios, because I don't know who exactly is listening. But look at the market and don't run yourself into the ground If you struggle so much with raising prices, I think you need to work on your mind. You need to do some personal development and remind yourself of the value that you bring to people. Because if you're truly bringing value, I don't think the money is the biggest problem for your ideal customer. Yeah.
0: I don't think so. How about now? Can you hear me? thank you okay thank you so much um i'm not so sure if there are any questions at the moment so i'll just ask i don't see
1: i don't see
0: i don't see it okay awesome it's fine actually it's fine so i'll just ask the last question for tonight and then that'll be it so uh this question is about hiring so for someone that's already in business we've been doing about two three years and then you're making money you have customers you have um you know loyal customers. At what point should you start hiring? You know, I know hiring is connected to you know building structures, processes, and what have you. So I want to just talk briefly on that. You know, people having issues with hiring, the right people putting structure in place. Some CEOs even find it difficult. To so step back, you know, delegate, and then step back, you know, that's sort of a thing. Yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to just clear that.
1: Okay, okay. Um, So, at what point? Uh-huh. At what point do you uh, consider start hiring? I think it's at the point where there's an obvious gap in your skill, or at the point where you're starting to feel burnt out by the amount of work that you do. So, let's say you're really good at marketing but not good at sales right? So a lot of people know you, but not a lot of people are able to, um, you're not able to convince a lot of them to buy. It might be time to bring in a salesperson. Or let's say, um, you know, you've been doing so much, so much. You're making money, but you're also burnt out. It's time to hire somebody who can help with some of those tasks, the ones that you don't need to do alone. There's so much that does not have to be us. Many times it's either perfectionism or um, previous disappointments or just lack of trust that make us not you know, hand over some tasks to people, not necessarily that there's nobody who can do it, right? Um, so I think that those are some of the pointers, burnouts, obvious skill gaps, um, things like that. That's when we need to start hiring. I always advise my clients never to be in a hurry to hire, right? Get very clear before the person comes in or before you start your interviews. Get very clear about who you're looking for and what you expect them to do. Because if you're not clear on this, what happens is if someone comes in and they're a good storyteller, they're just going to bamboozle their way into your organization. And then you find that you're still doing a lot of the things for which you hired somebody. But there's no JD. There's no job description. There's no KPIs attached to their work. So they too are just freestyling. You are freestyling. You're feeling very bad that they're not doing much. They are feeling like you're not delegating enough to them. And it just becomes a mess. Right? So get your JD clear. I need someone who can handle social media. I need somebody who can edit videos. I need somebody who can you know, book my calendars or handle my calendars. I need someone who's going to be able to um, serve as both my executive assistant and my personal assistant. I need somebody who's going to be able to close deals. I need somebody who's going to like, get very, very clear about who you want. And in the interview, make sure that you're asking for examples of times when they've done this. And if it happens that you're looking for an entry-level staff who has no experience, then please guide them with documented checklists or processes that they can follow so that they hit the road running. There are too many times when we employ people and expect them to do magic because, you know, um, we know how to do these things and so we assume that they should. So for entry-level staff, please be sure that, you know, you're guiding them, you're there to... Um, pick up on their struggles, answer their questions when they're there. But let's stop hiring in a hurry. And, you know, it's, it's gotten tougher now because with the JAPA thing, you have a lot of um, young people who have left, in fact, people from every age. But, you know, the, the workforce is depleting, let's be honest. And of the ones that are remaining, a good number of them are savvy enough to be working with foreign organizations now. You know, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn and you look at all of these Gen Zs, you know, who are creating and putting themselves out there and they're working with foreign companies. So it puts more pressure on us, you know, who are operating here to be able to get staff who can do the work we do. But that's why you need to build your brand as an employer such that people are writing you to ask, can I work with you? You know? The, the good ones. And you're not just left with the wrongs because, oh well, you're able build your brand as a great place to work. It's part of growth, you know? And it, it, honestly, something that we should start looking at very, very seriously. Because small businesses, we sometimes should change ourselves and just believe that if you don't have a budget to pay somebody, you know, 400000 you cannot get any good stuff. It's not true. It's a mindset. It's not true. There are people who... Just want to learn. They're people who genuinely want to get exposure. They're people who want to see how it works. And these are smart people and they're willing to take much less if the environment allows them to grow and thrive. But if you're just another business down the road, one man business, running your thing as though it was, you know, a bedroom business, of course you can attract the right talent. So, yeah. And this is one of the things that we're going to be diving into because people will make or map businesses next year. So we're going to be diving into it seriously during um, the, the um, SME growth kitchen. Yeah.
0: All right. Thank you so much. I hope you can hear me. Thank you so much okay. for your time. Okay. It's so, 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 um, I mean, it's so, I mean, I don't know the word to use. Uh, it's it's such a privilege to have this opportunity to host someone like you. You know, I really appreciate your uh, down-to-earthness, you know, uh, your intelligence and all of that. And, um, you know, your one role model I look Look up to every single time. And the last thank time you, we sir. saw, you, you know, I was really, really fired up with some of the things you said, and there are things I'm also working on on my business, and it's really, really helping. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks to everybody that joined in.